Hello, and welcome to the Warts and All Star Wars podcast, where we talk about everything we love about Star Wars, warts and all. My name is Chris, and joining me as always are Bill. Hi. Ben. Hello. And Will. I have a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> Dust off your chance cubes and belly up to the Dejaric table, because today we're talking about some of our favorite Star Wars board games. Oh boy! I've reached Millennium Falcon. The Force is with you. You too can play the space fantasy Star Wars game Escape from Death Star. Be the first to help Luke and Leah, Han Solo and Chewbacca escape from the garbage dump and reach the safe Rebel base. The Force can also be against you. Back to the trash compactor. You spin to get past TIE Fighters. I win! Alright! Escape from Death Star. From Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection, new hot ice planet adventure game. When your Millennium Falcon lands on an Imperial villain's battle square, you bet your force cards. Lost it. But if you win ten cards, you're ready for the final battle. Look out, Doris. The force is Ice Planet adventure game comes with everything you see here. From Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection. New from... You ever gonna go? He can't beat us every time. And apparently he does. How does he do it? This guy right here? It's because he cheats. Alright, well, as a surprise to no one, knowing George Lucas's reputation with toys and licensed material, Star Wars board games pretty much started coming out immediately after the first movie in 1977. Um, from my brief research, we've got Escape from the Death Star, Adventures of R2-D2, and destroy the Death Star. Um, and then obviously more came out when Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi released. But for the most part, yeah, it's your standard roll and move. Do whatever the card says or whatever space you land on. And then uh, you get your Star Wars versions of Monopoly or Trouble or, or whatever other mass market game that everyone knows. But that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s, you get what's, you know, the rise of what we call now, quote-unquote, modern board games. Um, things that kind of have more strategy involved. Uh, the players get to have a little bit more choice uh, over, you know, the course of the gameplay and all that. We, we each picked one uh, that we're going to kind of outline and then uh, talk about why we like to play them. So who would, who would like to start? I'll jump in first with uh, my pick, which is Star Wars Destiny. This was a... I think we all got into this to some degree. But the reason, I'm, yeah, the reason I'm running with it is because I think I, I'm the only one of us who truly dove in headfirst to Star Wars Destiny. Or at least, you know, stayed in the pool a lot longer than anybody else. I was in it long enough to spend way too much money on it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> got that right. But um, so this, yeah, it, well, the spending money comes from the fact that this is a, a trading card game, I guess you'd call it, or a, a I don't know. Collectible. Collectible card game. Yeah, because collecting is definitely part of, the, part of the fun, for sure. Not only that, it's not just a card game, it's a card and dice game uh, released by Fantasy Flight Games, uh, who, they have the exclusive rights in the, in the U.S., right, for Star Wars games? 
yeah, there's like or like three or four different branches of that. There's like tabletop, like role playing, card game, board game. It's it's very it. confusing. Right. So they could still put out like those monopolies and those uh risks and whatnot. But anyway. Uh, 2016. I remember we were really excited when we heard that they ju- were just announcing this game at um, uh, Gen Con. Maybe is it one of the big game conventions? Fantasy Flight is very good with their, I guess, promotion of these things. Yeah, yeah. Because I was pumped for this release, yeah. and then when it did finally release in November, it was a little bit of a botched. Um, I guess a little bit of a botched rollout because uh, they just weren't uh, widely available. All of the booster boxes so there's kind of like a frenzy to try to get them and i had a game store that i could make on my way home from work that i would swing by and just pick up a few packs uh just to kind of like feed the hunger for it um but essentially it's it's like i said card and dice game with organized tournament play and all the stuff you'd expect from like a pokemon or magic the gathering and that um but in our area never really caught on to that degree which is fine by me because i think the tournament scene isn't really where i had the most fun but it's it's there's a lot a lot to love about it. It's it's a one-on-one game. It plays relatively quickly once you kind of get the hang of it. And what I love about it is the kind of the back and forth nature of the gameplay where, you know, I take one action, then you take one action. Then it goes back to me and back to you and it's just like this kind of tug of war. Or you might take an action just to roll in your dice and then I might use my action to remove some of those dice, which basically just negates some of your some of what you could do on your next action. And there's like this whole just trade-off between players. Uh, I think that's ultimately where it lost me eventually because I was never very good at building the decks that like broke the rules. Not you know not like broke the rules, but like changed the outcomes. Yeah. Because I never wanted to play it that way for some reason. I don't, I don't know. No, I hear what you're saying. Because there are, there's a lot of like, with all of these games, there becomes a lot of like meta game where you have to learn yeah. what are the right. powerful combinations. And if you don't use those, you're going to get blown away uh, by players who do, which is kind of unfortunate. Which that's... happened when Ben built some yeah. decks that were ridiculous. And, hey, all right. Well, uh, all right. You're already getting yeah, into the weaknesses. Yeah. Could I just talk about some of the good things first? <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> they do exist. Um but because a lot of the game is balancing all of the different strategies to winning because you can deal damage, but then you also have to be able to uh, mitigate damage coming at you either by removing dice because that's usually the biggest way of dealing damage is by rolling out, you know, combat dice. Um, and then there's also a whole strategy of the fact that if you run out of cards through what they call milling, you lose the game that way. So you had to be able to kind of combat that as well. And it did, it did become a huge like balancing act when you're trying to build a deck. Uh, yeah. And certain, certain characters you use are geared towards doing certain strategies, right? More or less. Yeah. And then you got to find those pairings. And that's what I always loved about like the deck building and whatnot was that you could find these, these fun pairings or just thematic pairings. And that's where I ended up going with it, playing with our friend, Matt. He, I, I just started collecting just light side characters and light side cards, and I would build like a hero deck, and he would build a villain deck, and we started just like going through the Star Wars saga, starting with Episode One, building thematic pairings, and we made it all the way to I want to say Return of the Jedi before we ended up not only just fizzling out, but then COVID hit, and it became a lot harder to continue to get together. But um, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun when you win, all right. And now I'll get into the weaknesses briefly. We already hit on some, but I losing this game 
is no fun at all for me. And there are, no. there are some, I think that's my, my best indicator of a truly like good board game for me is one that I can lose and still say that I had a really fun time. Like the experience was still great. And I, I can't say that Star Wars Destiny has that for me. Yeah, I think part of it's because it's it is a one on one game. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, yeah. I lost, but I came in second. Yeah, it just feels well, very second personal. place means you lost. Yeah. It's so, meant yeah. to be hyper competitive and yeah. yeah. And that's part of the you know, the collectible nature too. It gets you to want to go out there and, and find those legendary cards and buy more packs until you get those cards right. you need. That's the part I liked about it, but then I never wanted to play it, so I was like, Why am I spending all the money on this? Yeah, and I came into this game, this is the last thing I'll say off of um I was kind of into Collective, uh, collecting trading cards for a little bit. I like collected a couple whole sets of those, so I kind of treated it like that as well at first. I was like, oh, I want to, I want to be a completionist. I want to get two of everything to, so I could build any deck. And I think I did that for like the first couple sets, but then they just keep pumping them out, and it, you just can't keep up it, unless you're willing to spend you know, thousands of dollars. It is officially done now, so you it could is. collect every card without having to worry about yeah. any future sets. That's true, out, so. but they're still not cheap. Maybe someday. We'll see. Yeah, that's Star Wars Destiny. I'll, I'll get back to it soon. But uh, Yeah, it's it's still fun to play. Even, you know, you have the cards. They don't go bad. Yeah. You can always just dust them off. Yeah, I just got to keep it friendly. and. Uh, I should dust light. it off and maybe try it again. Yeah. yeah. We, could, we could definitely play it again. The last time I played it, I think, was uh, I mentioned in the line for last jedi oh that's right yeah yeah that was what three four years ago well it would have been yeah all right what do we got next i'll go ahead and talk about star wars outer rim put out in 2019 also by fantasy flight games as we had mentioned does that make it the most recent star wars game by them anyway i don't think they've done anything in two years well yeah that's a whole another story fantasy flight's kind of Possibly on its way out. Uh, right. Restructuring and all that. It's, it's, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Um, but uh, Corey Kaneska, he's he's like the big name in Star Wars board game design, apparently. But um, him and Tony Fanchi put out this game. And uh, takes place between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Um, and instead of just you know playing a character from the Empire or the Rebellion, you get to kind of control an unaffiliated character, somebody like maybe a young, well, kind of like a Han Solo between what he looked like in Solo and uh, yeah, right. Episode Four, yeah, yeah. Uh, or a bounty hunter, or Lando, or even characters from the comics like Doctor Aphra, or. Who else? Jin, even Jin Erso sure. from Rogue One. This is before she got involved with the Rebels and all that. So you're kind of these fringe characters who are could be good, could be bad. They're just trying to make their way in the Outer Rim, basically. Um, you can take jobs, you can hunt bounties, deliver cargo. The whole goal is to just complete these things and earn fame to win the game, to be you know famous in the Outer Rim. And the the board is cool because it's like this this arc. It's got all the, the, you know, what is it, like, maybe like 20 planets or so right. comprising the Outer Rim with, like, weaving in and out you know, paths between them. It's, uh, what's the word? Because they're like puzzle pieces. You could... Modular. Uh, it's modular, modular yeah. I guess, yeah. A little bit. It's different order every time. And you, you're going around, you're picking up jobs, you're uh, outfitting your ship. I mean, you start with a basic ship, and then you can purchase 
uh, a new ship, and then if you complete the ship's goal, you can upgrade that ship to a named ship that you might recognize, like possibly the Millennium Falcon or Slave One. It's just it's a very thematic game for what it is. I I might argue that it's the most it's a it's a tough call between this one and the one Bill's going to get to, but it's it's it really nails the theme of the outer rim and like the the whole bounty hunter smuggling vibe. Yeah, and at at the end of every turn, depending on where you are on the outer rim, you get some sort of encounter, you know, little little story beat that you get to react to and do something. Um, you might be able to hire a crew member, like uh, you could you could take on Hera from Rebels, and she's excellent at piloting, so it increases your piloting skill, lets you you know navigate better, um, or you'll you'll uh, encounter some weird black sun operative from the clone wars and have to fight him and do stuff there's, there's stuff from all over the star wars universe yeah it does a good job of like pulling in stuff from the cartoons stuff from the comic books and showing how like they all exist in the same world yeah and again whatever character you pick is gonna lead you into a direction obviously boa fett or ig88 or bosk will have you be taking out bounties They'll have abilities that help you with that. Or if you're Lando, you're better at running cargo here to there. It's never the same game twice. Right? Cause, yeah, that's a big... Because everything's, everything's randomized, so your encounters are going to be different every time. Like you said, the board can be changed because it's modular, so could actually be harder for you to do certain things uh, right. as, as a certain character that way. Um, so it, it's just, there's a lot to it. Uh, to to enjoy every single time. Yeah, as you guys are talking about it, because we've played it so many times, it seems like simple to me. Like I know how all the mechanics work, but when you're describing it, it's like, wow, you could do a lot in this game. Like there's a lot going on with all the different like kind of overlapping and and integrated game mechanics. Yeah, and even though you technically seen all the cards that can come up, like all the stuff you can buy or all the cargo and all that, even though you've seen it all. There are ways to manipulate the decks and to blow through stuff. If you're looking for something specific, you can kind of root your way through those decks to find what you want to get where you need to go. Yeah. But that being said, it does need more content. Right. Yeah. After I see what you're it. saying because it does. It's almost times. like the the first phase of of owning the game is when it's all new to you, and then there's like the second phase once you know like what to look for. But then there's the third right. phase that you're getting to now, which is where's more content? I want more yeah. cards. Yeah. I want more. Especially characters. with the Mandalorian, it would be amazing exactly. for yeah. for there to be some some expansions. And I I still say there's an announcement coming. Just wait. It's going to be here. They have to do it. Like it's just so perfect. There were rumors months ago yeah, that they were April. working on something, but I don't. I haven't heard anything since. They're keeping them close to the vest. I don't know. Overall, it's it's just you know it's a very thematic game. We've always had fun playing it. Even it, you know even if you lose, you still kind of have oh, fun because yeah. it's you know you kind of make your own story. Yeah. yeah, it's a little RPG that you're playing. Like it's it's rare that it's a blowout either. Too. It's like. It's yeah. normally everyone's pretty close by the end. It ramps up, yeah. yeah. You, you start, you're kind of all on the same page, and then you make a, a big play, and then everyone's always usually like a turn or two away from winning at one point. Unless somebody's playing as Afra, and then just forget about it. Because... Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always felt like she wasn't quite balanced, but, but yeah, that's a good pick. That's definitely... 
I think that game came out like right after my birthday. So that made it even more exciting for me that, that year. I think uh, there were like some early copies over at Celebration when Bill was there. Yeah, I tried, oh, I tried to get one. But yeah. uh, so Fantasy Flight had a booth, but they weren't selling it. They, there was another like Chicago game store that had a booth that had a, a license from Fantasy Flight or something to sell it early. But they had they only got like fifteen copies a day, maybe, and if you weren't there, you know, at dawn, it wasn't possible. So. Yeah, I think the thing that I was I was really chomping at the bit for this game because it's like it's the closest thing to like a Star Wars sandbox um, that I think we'd love to see as like a video game. We keep saying like, why don't they just give us like a you could just you know do anything in the galaxy, be a bounty hunter, go around, you know, upgrade your ship and all that. That's what this game was. Yeah, it's like basically. the best the best example of that. Yeah, that's a good point. So that one's thematic, uh, as you know, you're you're playing bounty hunters in the outer rim. Um but the next game that I'm gonna talk about, it's thematic from the Rebels versus Empires standpoint. Uh which is in it's Star Wars Rebellion. Uh it's another fantasy flight published in two thousand sixteen. Same designer as Outer Rim, Corey, how do you say his last name? Kanezka. Kanezka. Uh, and it takes place in... Um, Original trilogy, I guess. Just the yes, whole thing, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, I guess. The expansion well, even dips its toes in uh, Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's bit. true. I guess you can have four players, but it's it's typically a two-player game. Yeah. Rebels versus Empire. I feel like this is the most thematic game because when you're playing as the Rebels, you strike out from your hidden base and try to influence the galaxy to your cause, try to blow up the Death Star if you can. And as the Empire, you're hunting for that Rebel base and trying to get rid of them forever. Yeah, it's this giant, enormous board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, what, 30, 35 planets on it. Yeah, it's like the entire galaxy. In a particular yeah. way, yeah. yeah. Um, you have all the iconic characters, Leia, Luke, Han, Mon Mothma, um, Darth Vader, Palpatine, Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, and each player sends their leaders on like, either secret missions to accomplish certain goals, like influence on a planet, um, or they control your fleets uh, and you you move around. You can have... you battle each other in space and on ground quasi risk like but obviously a lot more to it than just rolling dice um, right yeah i i feel like the balance of the game is actually what makes it the most thematic yes you're yeah totally agree as the rebels you're you always feel like you are getting your butt kicked the entire game yeah, yeah. and then and then at the very end like you'll have that last shot to to win yeah you you never have the upper hand yeah never and it, it feels that way the whole game mm-hmm. uh and then as the empire you're just dominating and you're like and and i i think i found myself actually being overconfident and so my overconfidence is my weakness when i play yeah. as the empire right because you're just dominating the whole time and then you realize at the last minute, oh no, the rebels are going to win. So like, I need to find that base. Yeah, because the 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 basically that the empire's job is just to find the rebel base and destroy it. So it's just right. a matter of like playing whack a mole with all the planets, you know, landing on each one until you find the right one. But the rebels are just playing a waiting game. Like they just have to wait out the end of the game. 
and foil the empire's plans you know every chance they yeah. can yeah gaining support and, yep. and um pushing up the the goal line basically like fight if you need to make it end not, a little sooner maybe but but then yeah. like sitting there as a rebel player and seeing the the imperial player building uh massive fleets every turn and just right. like oh my what am i gonna death do stars next? obliterating systems yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah it's definitely um, probe droids to narrow down the search definitely nails the theme this is this is yeah. one i've heard described as star wars in a box and i definitely agree with that if oh, yeah, i mean if you're definitely. talking just original trilogy because there's like events and and tricks you can do in the game that just totally invoke events from the movies like you could, you could capture a hero and, and and put them in carbonite or turn them to the dark side if you're luke mm, you can like yeah. go train on dagobah um and become a become a Jedi Knight. Yeah, every time I played, it's felt like something straight out of Star Wars. Right. I mean, there's a, there's an occasional time where, as a rebel, you lose quickly. If you pick a wrong planet to put your base on, or you play it wrong. But typically, it takes, what, three, four hours? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not a short but game. It's a big one. No. Yeah. It's definitely one of those that, even when losing... Which I'm pretty sure I've lost every game I've played. Um, I've I've obviously really enjoyed it every time yeah. I've played. Yeah, even. it is still fun. Yeah. It's very stressful. It can be, yeah, but always a good time. All right, Ben, what's yours? Yeah, so um, if you want to talk about long games, <laughs> uh, my, my game that I'm going to be talking about is Star Wars Legion and the core set one and two. Star Wars Legion was released in 2018 by Fantasy Flight, but uh, has recently been given over to Atomic Mass Games uh, to to continue production. And um, unlike all the other ones, which is usually, you know, all the other ones said, which is cards or dice or boards or whatever it might be, uh, Star Wars Legion is a tabletop war game, which is very different from everything else. And... Um, takes a very long time to play and even to get it prepared because you have to glue all the the minis together you got to get all you know you have to get terrain made oh yeah they're like legit minis yeah required yeah when i feel like you shouldn't play it if they're not painted too no i think that's yeah No. no i agree with bill on this one i think that's that's definitely a thing like you can't you cannot play with other strangers unless they're painted because they use your imagination (laughs) but that's what i mean the paint is there so that you don't have to use your imagination you can focus all your energy on actually you know planning out your movements and that's why legion is definitely one of the most expensive (laughs) and time-consuming star wars games to date yeah, I, mean, I believe they call them lifestyle games. Yes, right. I mean, yeah. and there's also set, there's a uh, collectability aspect to it too, right? Like they're always putting out new minis, and you can like build bigger armies, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the most some of the most recent sets include like Darth Maul for the uh, for the separatists, and I mean, Corset one and two comes with enough uh, in the box to have your own little skirmish. They call it. But if you want to have an actual full-on battle, you have to buy two sets of the core set so you could have an actual full army. Oh, they love is, they love doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is ninety-nine dollars a core set. You're looking at oh. you know almost two hundred dollars just just to play a game. You know, not including the paint if you wanted to paint them, not including the terrain if you wanted to get card sleeves. 
it's easily one of the most expensive games. But would that get you armies for both sides, or is that just one? Yeah. So, so if you got a core, if you got two core sets, it would give you enough to have an army for both sides. So awesome. you could technically play with somebody else who doesn't have it and be like, "Here's an army. Here's some cards. You know, kind of right. get something cooked up, and then we'll throw it on the table and we'll go." Um, What's the difference when, between the core set one and two? So core set one is um, original trilogy, Rebels, Empire, and then core set two is uh, Clone Wars. Um, and uh, each one have their own hero unit. So core set two would be Obi-Wan versus Grievous, and core set one is Luke versus Vader. But then you could always add more to it. You can right. add Boba Fett. You could add Bosk. You could add um, Sabine and... and uh, Surprisingly enough, Iden Versio from Battlefront is is a character you can get. Okay, yeah. And um, it's it's not a short game. You're looking at if you do a skirmish, you're looking at maybe forty five minutes, but that's after the two hours of setup. Two hours of setup? Because you got to get you got to get the terrain going. You got to build your army. You got to figure out what cards you want. Because every single well, couldn't unit, you set that up ahead of time though? Like, yeah, I mean, you could, but when, when I've played it, I've only played it with other people who haven't. Right. So I've yeah, had, that's you problem. know, I've had to be like, okay, here's here's how it all runs down and everything like that. Get um, your rulers out. Yeah, you need your rulers to determine. Okay, can my can my guy shoot you? But the cool thing is, is the stormtroopers. The whole game is thematic, so the stormtroopers notoriously have bad aim. So you want to get them as close to combat as possible. They have higher health because of the armor, but they have really bad aim. So all in all, it's a great game. I love the customization of the units because every unit comes with like, okay, I, I want this unit to be somebody who could take out vehicles. I want this unit to be somebody who could take out infantry or take out heroes or however you want it to be. And you could customize them by adding a unit. So you would have a normal just couple units with with blasters and then you could add a miniature with a a, a rocket launcher on it so you could take out atsts and and um imperial battle tanks and everything like that and it's just it's a it's probably the most fun i've had with a star wars game not only playing it but painting it and just getting it looking nice yeah it's it's i mean it's kind of has the collectability factor uh, to a certain degree of um, Destiny or other games like that, but there's also like that hobby within the hobby that I love with uh, painting. Not that I've done a ton of painting, like I painted my copy of Rebellion. I think that's about it. It's always great when you have like you've, you've got the game and the game's fun to play, but then there's also this like added fun factor of you know you get to paint these minis and have something to kind of like a little little work of art to be proud of. If you got the time, then oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's right. great. Yeah, I think my main interest in it is. Just seeing Ben, what you turn out with your painting, because you're you've been pre- getting pretty good at it. Yeah, Thanks. we'll try to put some uh, links to some of Ben's art in the show notes. Also, question: If you want to, if the other team has a sand crawler and you want to take it out, you you get stormtroopers to do that, right? Because they're they're more precise than yeah. than yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. You certainly don't don't get Dinjar in. You need. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're getting run over. Boring conversation anyway. All right, there you have it. 
four of our favorite recent Star Wars board games. Uh, I hope they have sparked some interest in trying them out, or maybe you've already played them. Uh, whatever the case, how can our good listeners reach out to us? Well, if you want to uh, reach out with some uh, board game experiences or ideas or feedback or anything, just want to say hi, you can find us at W-O-R-R-T-S, warts and all, at Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or join our Discord server using the link in the show notes. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review, assuming it is a positive one. Who would leave a negative podcast review? That's just... Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. That's just mean. Don't do that. Between our first three episodes, we hope you've gotten an idea about the variety of topics we plan to talk about each week. And if you like what you've heard, tell a friend and join in the discussion. We'd like to hear from you. Next week, uh, we'll be back. Uh, we're going to switch gears back to film and talk about why we love... Episode one, The Phantom Menace. And no, we're not wrong about that. No, that's it. That's warts and all, baby. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and may the force be with you. Always.